an interesting sermon today. For the past several weeks, we have been covering the end times and we've talked about prophecies that have been fulfilled. We have looked at events that have been foretold by the sun, moon, stars. And last week, we covered the rapture of the church. Now, I don't know about you, but how many of you like to travel? Does anybody? I like to travel. I like to go places. I like to do things, spend time with the family. And you make plans for that trip, don't you? But you also have an itinerary, right? You have an itinerary that you uh, try to stick by. And this is something that you plan, you think out, you maybe discuss it with your family. A few years ago, uh, the family and I, we went to, uh, we went to Disney World and, uh, you know, Disney World takes a lot of planning. It takes a lot of time. Our goal, you know, I said, hey, what do we want to do? How long do we want to stay there? We, we decided we wanted to spend five days at Disney World. You know, we want to go to eat. They have four major parks there at Disney World. We want to hit each one of those parks. We want to stay on the, the, the Disney property. And so we want to pick a resort. But we don't want to... And we, and we went through all this, and we said, we don't want to stay in the cheapest place. We want to, you know, maybe spend a little more this time than we did the last time and, and go up to the, what they call the moderate, you know. And, uh, and so when we had all these plans, we wanted a meal plan. We wanted to have everything all-inclusive. We, didn't, we wanted to go, and we wanted to stay those five days on Disney and not leave. And we did it. And boy, did we do it. <laughs> I mean, we were whooped by the, I mean, because I don't know if you've ever been to Disney World. That place is massive. I mean, it covers, I don't know how many, it's like a small community itself, uh, just with everything that's there. But we had an itinerary. We had a, a, uh, a plan. I mean, we, we had it. I mean, we knew what was going to happen, when it was going to happen, and, and how we were going to get there and what we were going to do. And uh, the trip was fun, but it was tiring. But we had a blast. And, you know, and here's the thing. Going to, to, to Florida, you know, that's not just a, a simple drive. You know, we, we decided that we were going to drive, and we were going to drive there to save some money. And we'll and then we'll drive back so we can see. Kelly has a friend in Atlanta area, and and so we were going to drive back, see them. We wanted to go to the beach, you know. And if you fly and do that, you don't get to do as much, you know, in between as you do. So we that's what we decided to do. And so I mean, we did the whole nine yards. We had it planned, and we had an itinerary, you know. And so. Uh, it's always good to have that, you know, and, and we were able to accomplish everything that we wanted to have because we had a plan before we went on that trip. An itinerary, it helps you to prepare and it makes the week more many, meaningful uh, when you get there. You know, the Bible says that one day there will be a time that the earth will go through a seven-year period called the tribulation or a time of distress just before the second coming of Christ. And it's going to be a terrible time as God judges the people of the world. It will be a time where people will get left behind from the rapture, but there will be unbelievers that will turn to Christ and be sealed from God's wrath in the midst of all the storm and all the chaos. And, and you know, God has given us a timeline of what that seven-year period will look like. And today I want to give you a look into what that time period will look like. We're going to cover the first 19 chapters of Revelation. Now, please don't get alarmed. 
I'm not going to read every verse in those 19 chapters of Revelation, but we're going to cover a lot of information in a short amount of time. So I believe that, 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 that these are some of the most fascinating chapters in all of the Bible. So if you have your Bibles, go with me to the book of Revelation. We're going to spend most of our time there. We'll go to, of course, Daniel and Matthew and, and see some other verses, but we're going to spend most of our time in the book of Revelation. Now, before we begin, many times you will hear people say revelations and add an S on the end of that when they're referring to the book. However, if you will, please notice that there is no S on the end of revelation. It was one revelation that John had. It was not multiple. So we're going to begin. You know, according to many Bible experts, in Bible prophecy... The likely last major prophecy to be fulfilled before the beginning of the tribulation is Ezekiel's war. It's a war that is described in Ezekiel chapter 28 and chapter 39. And it's between Israel and the nations of of Russia, Iran, and Turkey, along with a few other allies. And, And right now, these three nations of Russia, Turkey, I mean, Iran and Turkey all have troops stationed inside the country of Syria. The Syrian government is very close to collapsing today, and should that happen, Russia, Iran, and Turkey will be neighbors on Israel's northern border. And there are seven events that you can put on the timeline of the tribulation. The first one, event number one, Ezekiel's war is likely the last major prophecy that needs to be fulfilled before the tribulation begins. And when that war breaks out, you need to start looking up, okay? Because the rapture is probably either, it might have already occurred or it's somewhere about to occur. It's about to take place and the tribulation timeline is about to begin. Event number two, the first major event of the tribulation will be a treaty with a world ruler who will later be identified as the Antichrist. Daniel chapter 9 verse 27 says he will confirm a covenant with many for one seven. In the middle of the seven, he will put an end to sacrifice and offering. And at the temple, he will set up an abomination that causes desolation until the end that is decreed is poured out on him. Now, if you remember from last week's message, the word week is seven. A week's worth of years is seven years. And so what Daniel is saying is the Antichrist will make a seven-year covenant that he will break halfway through at the three-and-a-half-year point. It is possible that those here on earth doing the tribulation won't recognize the Antichrist until three-and-a-half years after this treaty is signed because he will be smart, he will be persuasive, and he's going to appear benevolent. Now Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24 verse 15, so when you see standing in the holy place the abomination that causes desolation spoken of through the prophet Daniel, let the reader understand. In other words, you won't see the abomination of desolation standing in the holy place which is the temple until the middle of the week, which is three and a half years in. And event three, here's the third event. 
The tribulation is a seven-year period that ends with the return of Jesus Christ. And so uh, Jesus wanted us to know about this time period, so he wrote us, and so God wanted us to know, so he wrote us an entire book called Revelation. And the book of Revelation, it begins with a vision of Jesus. In Revelation chapter 1, the apostle John who sat next to Jesus at the Last Supper. He witnessed his empty tomb. He spent time with him after the the resurrection. In Revelation 1, John sees Jesus in the throne room of heaven as the Alpha and Omega. And John says in verse 17, When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid, I am the first and the last. Jesus is now so glorious. (laughs) Amen? Jesus is so magnificent, and he is so wonderful that John can't even stand in his presence when he looks at him. This is the same man that was laying in the lap of Jesus, that had such a close relationship with Jesus, that loved Jesus so much, that probably knew him more than anybody else, and now when he sees him, he can't even stand in his presence because of how mighty and how awesome and how powerful and magnificent Jesus is, amen? The Jesus of Revelation. Revelation is far greater than any Jesus that we've ever even read about in the Gospels. Jesus is wonderful in the Gospels. I'm not taking anything away from that. But Jesus in, the, in Revelation is the Jesus that's going to be coming soon to take us out of here. Amen? He's the King of kings and he's the Lord of lords. Revelation describes the tribulation but its major purpose. Understand this. When you read Revelation... The main purpose is to reveal who Jesus is to us. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Revelations 2 and 3, Revelation 2 and 3 are letters to seven churches of John's day. Revelation 4 and 5, they picture the throne room of God where the multiples of multitudes of heaven are worshiping this Jesus. Revelation 5, God the Father holds up a scroll with seven seals on it. Seven is the number of perfection. So this is a really important scroll. Uh, An angel asks the question, who is worthy to open the scroll? And no one is able because no one is worthy of such an important uh, responsibility. And finally, one of the worshipers points to Jesus and says, the lion of Judah, the root of David, he is worthy. Amen. And Jesus comes forward and with perfect power and perfect insight and perfect knowledge, he opens it. And so the book of Revelation is going to tell us very scary things. Amen. So before the scary things happen, God reveals the power and majesty of his son because no one needs to be afraid when the Lion of Judah is near. Hallelujah. So the story of tribulation period begins in chapter 6 where the Lamb of God peels open and breaks each of its seven seals one at a time. Each seal releases some sort of devastation on the earth. Event number four, during the tribulation, 
God releases judgment through a series of seven seals, seven trumpets, and seven bowls. The chronology of Revelation is hard to chart because the seals, the trumpets, and bowls, they overlap and sometimes describe the same plagues. God's judgment unfolds in a series of sevens because God's judgment is perfect. Event number five, Revelation introduces seven characters who play a part in the drama. So we're going to go through each one of these characters. Character number one is the dragon. The dragon is Satan. The dragon makes war in heaven for three and a half years until he is defeated by an angel army and thrown to earth. The second character is the woman, or the woman represents the church. Revelation verse 12, or chapter 12, verse 14 says, The woman was given the two wings of a great eagle so that she might fly to the place prepared for her in the wilderness where she would be taken care of for a time, times, and half a time, out of the serpent's reach. So, let me break this down. A time is a year Times is two years, and half a time is half a year. So, at the three and a half year mark, the woman begins to experience persecution and is carried on eagle's wings of divine protection for the rest of the tribulation. There will be people that, number one, will miss the rapture. Number two, they will get saved in the midst of the tribulation. They will be the church. This will be the church that is taken and taken care of. Now, character number three, the beast of the sea. That is the Antichrist. The beast has ten crowns. He's a ruler of many nations. The beast, uh, look at what Revelation 13.2 says. says, I saw resembled a leopard. The beast I saw resembled a leopard, but had feet like those of a bear and a mouth like that of a lion. The dragon gave the beast his power and his throne and great authority. In Daniel chapter 7, the leopard represented the Greek empire. The bear represented Persia, which is modern-day Iran, and the lion represented Babylon, which is modern-day Iraq. Now, it's therefore likely that the beast will be from the Middle East. In Jewish literature, things that come from the sea are from the Gentile world. The beast, who is the Antichrist, will be a demon-possessed Gentile, and in a counterfeit imitation of Jesus, he'll almost die and almost rise from the dead. Revelation chapter 13, verse 5 says, The beast was given a mouth to utter proud words and blasphemies and to exercise its authority for 42 months. If you do the calculations, 42 months is three and a half years. Lots of things heat up at the three and a half year mark. Character number four, the beast from the earth. This is the false prophet. Now things that come from the earth are Jewish. During the final three and a half years, this beast who is called, who is also called the false prophet, will be Jewish. Most likely the Muslim Jesus prophesied in their scriptures who will come and deceive many, convincing them to follow the false Messiah 
the Antichrist. This false prophet will control most of the world's economic system through his mark. Look at Revelation chapter 13, verse 16 and 17. It says, it also forced all people, great and small, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hands or on their foreheads, so that they could not buy or sell unless they had the mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of its name. So the dragon and the two beasts, are, they form the unholy trinity. But God holds true to his promise to a core group of worshipers, and that's our next group of characters. Those are the 144,000s. Character number five, 144,000. Revelation chapter 14, verse 1 says, Then I looked, and there before me was the Lamb standing on Mount Zion, and with him 144,000 who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. Revelation chapter 14, verse 3 through 5 says, And they sang a new song before the throne and before the four living creatures and the elders. No one could learn the song except the 144,000 who had been redeemed from the earth. These are those who did not defile themselves with women, for they remained virgins. They followed the lamb wherever he goes. They were purchased from among mankind and offered as first fruits to God and the lamb. No lie was found in their mouths. They are blameless. The sixth character is the angelic announcers. And these three angels, they fly overhead to announce the eternal gospel. Revelation 14, verses 7 through 10 says, He said in a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory because the hour of his judgment has come Worship him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and the springs of water. A second angel followed and said, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great, which made all the nations drink the maddening wine of her adulteries. A third angel followed them and said in a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast in its image and receives its mark on their forehead or on their hand, verse 10 says, They too will drink the wine of God's fury which has been poured full strength into the cup of his wrath. They will be tormented with burning sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and of the Lamb. The seventh character, and I want you to understand this. This is the people of the harvest. Revelation chapter 14 verse 16 says, So he who was seated on the cloud swung his sickle over the earth, and the earth was harvested. In Matthew chapter 13 Jesus spoke about the great harvest at the end of the age. I want you to listen carefully to this. Verse 39 through 43, he says this in Matthew 13. And the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the, bur- in the blazing furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Please, let me tell you this. And understand, the sole reason that Jesus left heaven, 
the sole reason that he laid aside his glory as the only begotten Son of God, the sole reason that Jesus took on flesh and lived a lowly and limited human life, and the sole reason that he went to the cross was to diminish this harvest at the end of the age. And as terrible as Satan the dragon is and the Antichrist and the beast from the earth, this harvest is and ever will be God's greatest regret. If he could have saved them, he would have. Even today, he is holding out his hand and holding out hope that each and every one of us would turn towards him and accept his love and his forgiveness so that we can spend eternity with him rather than away from him in the place where there will be perpetual weeping and gnashing of teeth. But look at what verse 43 says again. Then the righteous, amen, will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Revelation starts with seven messages to seven churches. It moves to seven sealed judgments and seven trumpet judgments and seven characters who all play a part and, and seven bowls of judgments. And, and Revelation is written like a play with overlapping scenes. A, a sealed judgment's taking place on stage right at, at the same time as a, a trumpet judgment is taking place on stage left. And, and while a bowl judgment is getting ready to take place at center stage, at the very end, they converge and you have what is known as the great battle of Armageddon that takes place in chapter 16. Seven messages of judgment take place in chapter 17 and 18, and the return of the king takes place in chapter 19. Event number six is the battle of Armageddon, and it's both the sixth trumpet and the seventh bowl, and the sixth bowl Judgment. Armageddon is the final battle at the end of time. Look at Revelation 16 for the description. Verse 12 says, The sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates, and its water was dried up to prepare the way for the kings from the east. Revelation 16, verse 16 says, Then they gathered the kings together to the place that in Hebrew is called Armageddon. And once the troops are assembled in this central valley of Israel, the seventh judgments begin and the king returns. The seal and trumpet and bold judgments aren't sequential. Some people think they're sequential. They happen in order. Some people think they're all together. If you read them, they sound like it's together. You know, it's one of those things that we just have to kind of, you know, maneuver and, 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 research and study and say okay what is this <laughs> but the bowls catch up with the with the trumpets and the sixth judgment and both of them catch up with the seals and the seventh judgment and so event event number seven is the sixth seal i mean i'm sorry the seventh seal the seventh trumpet and seventh bowl all end with thunder lightning earthquake a trumpet and the second coming of christ revelation 8 Verses 1 through 3 says, When he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. And I saw the seven angels who stood before God, and seven trumpets were given to them. Another angel who had a golden censer came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all God's people on the golden altar in front of the throne. Revelation 8, verses 5 through 6 says, Then the angel took the censer, 
filled it with fire from the altar and hurled it on the earth. And there came peals of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning, and an earthquake. Then the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared to sound them. So that's the final seal judgment. Now look at the seventh trumpet judgment. It says this in Revelation 11, verse 15, says the seventh angel sounded his trumpet and there were loud voices in heaven which said the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Messiah and he will reign forever and ever. Uh, Revelation 11, verse 19 says, then God's temple in heaven was open and within his temple was seen the ark of his covenant and there came flashes of lightning, rumblings, peals of thunder, an earthquake, and a severe hailstorm. So do you see the common elements? The timeline of the, tribula- of the tribulation ends this way. Revelation 19, verses 11 through 16. I know this is a lot of information. I know this is a lot to, to take in. And, and, and here's the thing that you need to remember, that we all need to remember. Jesus is coming soon, and we need to be ready. And as long as we are ready, we don't have to face this. If you listen to it, there's a lot of destruction. There's a lot of doom. There's a lot of things happening because God's pouring out his judgment upon the people that refused to turn to God, to be one of his people. So here it is. This is how, this is how the tribulation ends. Revelation chapter 19, beginning at verse 11. It says, I saw heaven standing open And there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh he has his name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Now skip down to verse 19 it says then i saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to wage war against the rider on the horse and his army but the beast was captured and with it the false prophet who had performed the signs on its behalf with these signs he had deluded those who had deceived who had received the mark of the beast and worshiped its image the two of them were thrown alive into the fiery lake a burning sulfur. The rest were killed with the sword coming out of the mouth of the rider on the horse, and all the birds gorged themselves on their flesh. Boy, that's a picture, is it not? So at the close of the tribulation, we have the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now remember I told you last week that Jesus did not touch ground at the rapture, but he does at the second coming. And if you miss the rapture and you face the tribulation, There are some things that you need to do. Let me just say, please, 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 don't wait until it's too late. If you have not asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, you need to repent today. Make Jesus your Lord and Savior and be a part of that rapture when he comes.
But if you miss, if for some reason you miss and you survive and, and all these things and you make it into the tribulation, what are some things that you can do? Number one, you need to repent. The minute you miss the rapture and you find yourself facing the tribulation, you need to repent. Because you know that you have a timeline. You know that you have seven years. And I'm just going to say good luck. Because it is going to be rough and you're going to need Jesus more during that time period than you ever thought you needed him before. I need him today. I need him every step of the way that I take. Every step that I take, I need Jesus walking with me. Amen? I need him walking beside me. I need him on my side. I need, I need to have that relationship with him and spend time with him and talk to him. And so it's so important that we make it a point to have Jesus a part of our life. But if for some reason you turn, your, turn away from him here on this, during this time and you are finding yourselves in the midst of of the tribulation you need to go and you need to remember all the lessons that you've heard from day one from when you were born to that present time and you need to go and you need to ask Jesus to come in and forgive you of your sins you need to repent second thing that you need to do during the time of the tribulation period is you need to walk closely with Jesus Jesus promises to never leave you nor forsake you. And if you thought it was hard to live for God uh, before the tribulation, then you just wait. During the tribulation, it's going to be harder. But it's not impossible. Because Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He wants to, he wants to be there. He's going to, uh, you know, during this time, uh, it, 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 it's not going to be easy. But you need to spend time with Jesus. Figure out what to do next. And then the third thing, you need to encourage others to repent and walk with God. All throughout the tribulation story, John is reminding us that in spite of all that is going on, we have a Savior that we can rely on. Amen? Look at this. In Revelation chapter 1, Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega. Amen? The one who is, the one who was, and the one who is to come. <laughs> Hallelujah. In chapter 5 of Revelation, he's the Almighty, the only one worthy, the Lion of Judah, the Root of David, the Lamb who was slain. In chapter 6, he's the one who, who issues us white robes. In chapter 7, he's the sealer of his people. In chapter 11, he's the Messiah. Amen. In chapter 12, the defender of the brethren. In chapter 13, he's the one who writes our names in the book of life. In chapter 14, he's the one whose name is written on the foreheads. He's the son of man seated on clouds of glory. And he's the judge of all the earth. In chapter 15, he's the one we sing to. The Lord God Almighty, King of the nations. And the one all nations will come and worship. In 16... He's the one who is coming like a thief with lightning and rumblings and peals of thunder. In 19, he is the lamb who marriage feast is about to begin. He's the rider of the white horse. He's faithful and true. He's the judge who makes war with justice. He's the leader of the armies of God. And he's the one on whom is written king of kings and lord of lords. The days of tribulation will be days of great distress, unequal in all the world until now. But, all, but over us all and in all of us who have received him is the Jesus who is so much more. Amen. 
Jesus is king. That's something to get excited about, amen? We may walk through this world and we may feel misery and we may feel pain or hurt, but the minute that Jesus returns, all that's gone. We'll be with him, amen? We'll be out of here. We'll be with him in glory, living with him. And even if, you ha- even if you miss the rapture and you go through the tribulation period, there's still hope for you because Jesus is still King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen? But you have to make that decision. You have to make that decision to serve God, to love God. And that's why it's so important for us to make that decision now before the tribulation happens. And I know I've probably gave you a lot of information that you may, you may never go back and read Revelation again. I don't know. I'll try to help you understand it. I even, I even struggle sometimes to understand everything. And the, you read and you study and, and you go and you're like, I don't understand. Here's the good thing. Just understand that what Revelation is revealing to you, it's revealing to you much more than just about the seven years it's revealing to you who jesus is and that's what we need to understand and know that jesus is king of kings he is lord of lords he loves us he cares for us and he wants the best for us amen amen can we pray lord we just thank you that we can come here today we learned a lot of information a lot of things Oh, the one thing that I pray that they take out of this place more than anything else is that they understand who you are. You are our King of kings. You are our Lord of lords. You love us. You care for us. You want what's best for us. And we need to love you and live for you and serve you and let you be a part of our life far greater than anything else that we could ever possibly imagine. We just need to walk with you. We need to serve you and understand that you are the lion of the tribe of Judah. You're a mighty, mighty king. Your majesty. And we honor you today, Lord. We honor you today, Lord. We praise you today. We give you glory. We worship you. Hallelujah. Can we just all stand all over this place? And can we just worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords right now? Lord, we honor you today. God, we praise you today. We magnify you today. We give you praise and glory and honor. You're our King of kings. You're our Lord of lords. We love you and we praise you. We magnify you. We adore you. We worship you. We give you glory. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Lord, you're worthy, Lord God. You're so worthy, Lord. You're so worthy. We praise you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Lord, we praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Lord, we praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We praise you. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Let's just sing something this morning. Hallelujah, Lord. Let's worship Him this morning. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. We praise You.
Hallelujah, Lord. Just worship all over this place in your own way, in your own voice. Lord, we thank you, God, for how awesome you are, how magnificent you are, how mighty you are. God, you're our King of kings. You're our Lord of lords, and we honor you today. We love you today. We praise you today, God. We give you glory and honor, God. We ask that you would go with each and every one of us, God, wherever we go, each and every step that we take, God, that you would walk beside us each and every step that we take, that you will give us that life that we have, that life in you that is so abundant and so full and so wonderful and magnificent. And we give you all the praise and we give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. You can be seated for just a moment. I, uh, Lord's good, amen. I want to thank all of you that have supported our youth and, uh, and uh, giving to Speed the Light. We have, uh, we had a goal of 2,000 and we've exceeded that goal and we are actually at the 2,500 mark. 
Uh, so thank you, thank you, thank you so much. We will continue to take those envelopes uh, that you have picked up, and uh, it, it, you can drop them in the envelope. We'll make sure they go to Speed the Light or in the offering. Um, there's a few envelopes left. If you'd still like to get one out, they're out there on the info center. Uh, you can get one, pick one up. Uh, if, if you didn't get an envelope but you'd like to give to Speed the Light, you can just mark an envelope, Speed the Light, an envelope that's there in the back of the... We'll make sure that goes to those water wells to uh, help. They're hoping for a record-setting year of giving to Speed the Light. So thank you, thank you, thank you. December 12th is the last day that we will uh, still be taking those. We'll take them after that, but we have to submit it all for this year by, the, by uh, December 12th. So if you could do that as well. Next Sunday uh, will be the last uh, Sunday that we will do our BGMC giving, where the kids will come and collect your change and dimes and, nor- and nickels and quarters and all that. So if you've got any change that you've been saving in those little yellow buddy barrels, if you would like to get a buddy barrel, see me after church, I'll find you one. Uh, we've got some lying around here. And uh, you can take a buddy barrel home, start putting your change in. I have one on my desk when I come in from, like if I've gone out to eat or something and I come in and i got change in my pocket, I'll take it and, and I'll just put it in that buddy barrel. And then when it gets full, I'll bring it out here and give it to the kids. I, I drop my change off at home and I usually bring that and drop that in there. But it's just a neat way. If, if you're looking for a way to, of what to do with your change and, and you want to give it to missions, let me tell you something, BGMC is a great place to give it. It helps our missionaries, and they love that support. So let me say thank you for what you've given. We are at the $2,000 mark in BGMC giving for this year. And let me tell you something, these both, for both of these, Speed the Light and uh, um, uh, BGMC, are both high marks in a long time. We haven't given these amounts in a while, so uh, in years. So thank you, thank you, thank you for, for what you've done, and it's helped and blessed our church so much. Our ushers will be at the back to receive uh, your tithes and offerings as well when you leave. Youth tonight at 6 p.m., the Royal Rangers are having a pancake breakfast on December 18th at 8 a.m., and it'll be a donations uh, uh, basis. Uh, Everyone is welcome to come. That's to help with their uh, different uh, obligations that they have throughout the year. Also, make plans to get involved in our upcoming Christmas chili cook-off. Uh, we will judge on the best chili, and a prize will be given, and uh, this will also be our annual Christmas party. We'll have games, a photo booth, prizes, lots of laughs, and I also want to uh, encourage you to wear your ugly Christmas sweater, because uh, we're going we're gonna to judge ugly Christmas sweaters, and uh, you will get to vote for the ugliest Christmas sweater, and we'll have a prize for that as well, so come make your sweater as ugly as possible and uh, have that's the one time that you want someone to look at your outfit and say that is hideous I mean is it not so wear something hideous that Sunday that's December uh, 12th it's going to be a great day and that's going to be after the morning service so make plans to be here for that Uh, God is doing something good amen Boy, that was weak. I said God's doing something good, amen? There you go. That's much better. Uh, God's blessing our church. God is blessing our people. And uh, so thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. We will have Wednesday night service uh, this Wednesday night, starting everything back. Uh, It's at 7 o'clock. 
you can be here, and uh, we have Bible study and prayer in here, and then uh, uh, Bill is teaching on prayer, and uh, so you don't want to miss it. We've had some great Wednesday night times in here. You don't want to miss it. You, you want to be here. And then they have Royal Rangers and Girls Ministries happening in the back, and so our kids are getting fed while the, and I'm not mean, I don't mean physical food. I'm talking about spiritual food. Our kids are getting fed spiritually, and then our adults are getting fed spiritually in here, so you want to be a part of that. And I'm done with the announcements. Let's pray over the offering, and then y'all can go eat some leftover turkey. Amen? All right, let's pray. God, we just thank you for this time that we can come and be in your presence. I thank you for everybody that's here this morning. Pray that you'd bless them as 